You're listening to The Keys 107 on Blog Talk Radio. Whoa, I just love that song. Thanks, Gramps Morgan, for that beautiful song, Dream. It kind of sets the tone for what we're going to be talking about today. You have to hold on to your dreams. Get ready. We got a heated conversation on its way for you. Call in 213-943-3618. Get ready. Dennis Muhammad is here from the Peacekeepers Global Initiative. He's going to talk about some solutions that can help rebuild the black community. The healthy tip of the day is up next. I'm your host, Rafika. My co-host and engineer, Brother James, is here on the wheels of steel. <laughs> We're going to have a good time today. Sit back, get ready. The healthy tip of the day is up next. Network presents the Healthy Tip of the Day. The Healthy Tip of the Day is to live in the present moment. Oftentimes, people hang out in two miserable places. They're either stuck in the past, reliving some glorious or disastrous moment, or they're stuck in the future, feeling anxious or overwhelmed about what they think will happen. One trick I like to use to live in the present moment is to feel the breath on my upper lip of each inhale and exhale. Focusing your attention on your breath, moment to moment, assists you with quieting your mind, letting go of obsessive thoughts about the past or the future, and allows you to more fully experience the amazing life that's unfolding for you right now. Today's healthy tip of the day has been brought to you by Organic Soul Chef Medea Allen. For more wholesome living and eating tips, visit OrganicSoulChef.com. You're listening to The Keys on Blog Talk Radio. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm just ready to get started. With no more delays today, uh, let's get let's get uh, Captain Dennis live on the line. Uh, Brother James, are you there? Mm-hmm. Captain Dennis, your mic is live. Check in. <laughs> Welcome back. And this is Brother James, and I am here, present for peace. I am present for peace, too. Peace, everybody. Whoa. <laughs> and that's exactly what the world needs today is some peace. Yes, Brother Captain. We are glad to have you aboard with us this evening, and uh, there's probably a a number of things that we need to discuss and uh, whatnot. I think Rafika wants to get started on the right foot, so go ahead, Rafika. Let's uh, get moving with the program that we have in store for the uh, listening audience today. Well, you know, last week we we rebroadcasted Captain Dennis's first visit here on the Keys where he gave us the history of the Peacekeepers and how the Peacekeepers got started with Russell Simmons and Bob Law and we talked a little bit about the, the pledge and, and, and a lot about the obligations of what's needed for the community and as we're looking into our communities across the United States and I'm sure abroad we recognize that there is a uh, imbalance in 
peace in our community. There's a lot of domestic violence. There's a lot of violence among community members, um, men beating women. We just saw this football player in the elevator doing a dastardly deed to someone that he's supposedly loving. But, Captain, let's go right into your perspective on, let's just take that first incident with the football player. Well, first and foremost, always giving honor and praise to Allah for giving me another chance that I may be able to correct yesterday's mistakes. I would like to say that there's no question, uh, dear sister, that um, this is probably a very sad day for um, Ray Rice as well as his wife, but it goes to show that within a split second, any any moment of anger can create a life-changing or altering life-change experience. I don't know um, what was the circumstances that made him so angry that he would punch his wife. And no one on on the, this judging him no either, but there is no justification of putting your hands on a woman, period. And I think any any intelligent man knows there's no justification for that, no matter how angry she makes you. But what we're looking at is what the minister has been sharing with us in study guide number 18 that's titled Rise Above Emotion." and get into the thinking of God. Most of many of the offenses that have created many of our young or men and women that is incarcerated come from a heated moment of anger. That one heated moment of anger may have caused someone to take another human being's life. And if they would have thought about it, if they just would have had a second or a moment to think about what they had just done, I just don't believe they would have done it. And this is a clear sign that many of our killings that we are instituting in the black community starts from that very same emotion, anger. You talked about me. You called me a name. You smack me, you spit on me, you diss me, and then boom, boom, boom. Well, think about it. It was a punch today. And some people may feel, well, that wasn't nothing but a punch. But wonder if he was in the kitchen. Wonder if she would have said something to him, and then he would have punched her like that, and then she grabbed the knife and stabbed him, or vice versa. You see? Domestic violence always start off with an innocent, heated moment of anger. I don't believe no domestic abuse that takes place among women started off with just the fact that he just was a tap. There was always signs. So what happened to Ray Wright is a clear sign that, you know, for every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction. And that man created an action, and he has an opposite and equal reaction. Now, people want to debate with him being kicked off 
the team was a harsh punishment or was not harsh enough. Well, listen, man, I'm not even going to entertain what kind of punishment he deserved. I think the greatest punishment is to know that he put his hands on a woman that he said he loved. The greatest punishment that no team being off the team or on the team or taking away millions can ever erase the embarrassment that his children would grow up to see. Uh. The embarrassment of knowing that you are pasted all around the world of punching your wife. Yeah. I think that is the worst chastisement that anyone could put on him is how that went viral. How you have to live with that the rest of yeah. your life. Huh. It ain't that it can't be forgiven of men, but the reality of it is that one moment of heated anger changed that young man's life. And I look at the young man that I'm going in and talk to at Rikers Island, and I'm looking at young men that that one moment of heat and anger have changed these young men's life. Some, where they could never correct the wrongs they've done, that they may have caused someone to lose their life out of that heat and anger or maimed someone out of that heat and anger. We must rise above our emotions and get into the thinking of God. Hmm. Well, Brother Kev, you definitely hit uh, several points there, but one of the things I'm looking at is this is a man who was groomed discipline-wise to become a professional athlete, and he reached the pinnacle of success, but yet he is not inwardly satisfied. What is it about the, the black man in particular that, doesn't allow us to enjoy the company of those who love us and to love ourselves. What, what, what do we have to do to, to correct this? Well, it is very clear because you got money don't make you smart. Mm. Because you got money, that don't mean you have moral character. Because you're famous, that don't mean that every act that you make or do is a right act. No. Many of our young men and women who wind up growing into fame in this world's life, they wind up showing the missing ingredient. It always somehow shows somewhere in their professional career that there's a missing ingredient. And that missing ingredient is the knowledge of self and kind. I don't care. I heard the Honorable Minister Farrakhan say these words. He said, this world can give you fame. This world can give you wealth. But what they can't give you is right guidance. And that is so crucial. And that's what makes me and you and Sister Rafika and many of the followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the leadership of Minister Farrakhan so happy that we praise God daily that we was once like that. We didn't know better until we came into this teaching. And this teaching taught us cultural refinement, taught us we don't put our hands on our women. It taught us that we keep our money and spend it among ourselves. It taught us to honor and respect each other. It taught us to love one another. It taught us brotherhood, sisterhood. Elijah Muhammad said, 
taught us that a true Muslim is one who once was brother and sister with he once for himself. This yes. is our training, and this training had benefited many of us. Matter of fact, I would not be the man that I am today if it had not been for that training. Because right. that training have allowed me to move all the way up into the eons of law enforcement and be able to gain the respect of the top brass of law enforcement where they would come to us and ask for consultation on how to deal in law. How would, you even, how would we even get there if it was not for the cultural requirement and the teachings of Mr. Muhammad? He found us, dear brother, Negroes. Yes, he did. He found us haters of self and kind. That's the way we were yesterday. And we submitted ourselves to a teaching that taught us that a nation can rise no higher than this woman. Even when the brothers, when I, as a captain over the fruit of Islam, and every now and then a brother may cross that line. And in crossing that line, he uh, may want to, smack his wife or grab his wife. Well, the sister don't call the police. No, MGT don't call the police when the FOI crossed that line. They called the real police. <laughs> the FOI. That's right. That's who he feared. He don't fear no white man coming in here to check him. He feared that he got to be taken among the men of the fruit of Islam. And you want to put your hands on your wife, soldier? Well, what we want you to feel, how it feels to be beaten by a man's hand. So you know what we used to do, brother. We would line up a gauntlet of soldiers. Mm-hmm. And now you got to walk through there, brother. That's right. And now you got to feel what it's like to be hit from a man's point of view. You won't do that no more. But the That's bottom right. line is, this is what Mr. Muhammad taught us. He taught us to respect our women. So, brother, I have to say what our people lack is a knowledge of themselves. Mm. So no matter how, you look at all of them. Look at Mayweather. As yes. much money as our brother got, that man also went to jail for domestic violence. Mm-hmm. As much money as he got, he made an asinine statement that he had to apologize for. <laughs> Somebody had to tell him he had to apologize. As tough as he is, no matter how much money somebody told him, he had to apologize That's for right. making that statement that he thought the punishment was too harsh. Then he comes mm-hmm. back and says, we all make mistakes. I like to apologize to, to, to those who think, who, who caused Mayweather to apologize who have all this money unless somebody told him, if you don't apologize, this fight is off. Or if you don't apologize, all your endorsement is gone. If you don't apologize, Showtime or HBO ain't going to show that if you don't apologize. So here he go apologize. See? Hmm. But that means you really ain't in control and have no real power. That's right. And all the money that you will have, really have, don't make you respected in the eyesight of God. So the Quran says, which one is more favorable in the eyesight of God? The one with the most wisdom or the one with the most money? The Quran says, nay. 
he is more careful and mindful of his duty to God. See, we are careful, dear brother, and mindful of our duty to God. That's right. So with this, I say, they need to be taught a knowledge of themselves. Well, I I believe that um, his wife is suffering on multiple levels. You know, maybe the physical pain is gone, but the emotional and mental strain that she must be under, you know, um, of course he is as well. But I think somebody has to reach out and help heal them because, you know, they're going to fall uh, uh, uh a ways down because they were sitting on top of the world for a moment. And now this man is without job and without honor. And so well, well, let me say this. Case. Let me say this, Brother James, with all due respect. I don't know brother, never met brother. Probably if we was to cross path, he wouldn't acknowledge me, nor would I acknowledge him. And he had probably lived a very, very comfortable life. But, I mean, I can't be concerned about he losing a pay and a lifestyle that has, in my opinion, opinion, I don't know nothing about what he have done if he was a great contributor to the causes of black organizations and he's been a great philanthropist and given much money to great black institutions and he's known for that. Maybe I would find some sympathy. But right now, man, Black men are beating their women all day long. And many of them, man, have just had a little scrap, and they're labeled with domestic abuse, and they can't get a job because they got domestic abuse label on them. And now they have to take uh, 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 domestic abuse classes. Then now they're, they're, they're labeled where they can't they lose their driver's license. So many, many people suffer from making that grave mistake. And some are really innocent. Some women can sit there and say they put their hands on me and could get a man in jail. But the bottom line is I think we got bigger things to worry about than Ray Rice losing millions of dollars in contract with him and uh, they, their lifestyle has changed. Hey, Cod ain't gave up on it. And that's, that's right. a trial for him. And he'd be all right. Well, look at Mike Vick. Remember Mike mm. Vick? Oh, oh yeah, I remember. What they did to Mike Vick, Lord, he, you know, he was just a dog. And Mike Vick went to jail. But when God is with you, who can be against you? Yes. And what did Mike Vick do? He came from up under that serious trial. Mm-hmm. And look where he wind up at. So that don't mean all shut eyes are not sleeping. And all goodbyes ain't gone. And if Ray Rice is the brother I think he is, they'll bounce back. They got a lot of right. people that love them. He'll bounce back. He may be over with the sport career, but he can go on a tour for domestic violence. <laughs> mm. You know what I'm saying? That's he right. He could be That's a poster right. child for domestic violence. That's all. Good. God, well, you got to take this negative and make it and turn it into a man. Positive. Come on, that's what. That, yeah. Listen, we all know what happened, man. We can all. We got so many stories and so many people that hit rock bottom and wind up getting back on top. Look at what happened to Mike Tyson. 
He went to jail, mm-hmm. right? Yes. He went to jail for rape. And everybody knew there was some controversy behind. A girl goes to his room 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, everybody know, but rape is rape. And when a woman said no, she said, no, I don't give a damn how you look at it. That's right. But he went to jail. Was his career over with? Not, not immediately. But yes. Mike came right out, man, and made $90 million in three fights, $30 million a fight. <laughs> That's right. And he came out at the time, listen, a Muslim. I don't know how long that lasts, but he did get converted to Islam while he was there. Right. I don't know how long that lasts, but that could have been the positive. So Might have been enough to turn for, his life around. We pray for Ray and his family, but come on, man, we keep it moving, brother. We keep it moving. Well, Rafika, are you still with us here? All right. I know that you wanted to go into the the situation there in St. Louis, uh, which has been much talked about, you know, in Earl Ferguson uh, with the Michael Brown case. And just recently, I think as of today, you know, the family is still looking for arrest of the police officer, and they're not getting any justice in that way. What do you see the similarities between all these other shootings that's been going on in terms of um, black men being shot down, unarmed black men being shot down in the black community? Well, you know, dear brother, there's no question that, you know, that was, in everybody's opinion, a real murder. That was a murder. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we believe that any time anyone surrenders and raise their hand. See, the universal sign for surrender, at least I always thought was, you raise your mm-hmm. hand. That's right. the universal sign for surrender. Well, he raised his hand. But if you raise your hand and you surrender and you kill a man that surrendered to me, that's like killing a man to wave a white flag. You that's know, right. What good is the white flag? If you that's a war kill crime. Him, yeah, that's a war crime. But good is surrender if you're going to kill the person that surrender, you know? And this is what we have to do. We have to be able to know that this was a straight-out murder and to me, again, another sign of emotion. This man seemed to be extremely angry about something because it seemed it was an overkill. It was an overkill. And sometimes, man, you know, you look at that, you know, and then a recent tape just came out, a construction contractor, he says the same thing. Everybody's saying the same thing. But when it happens to them, we got to hear this reserve opinion. You know, don't both be so quick to judge. But hell, he was quick to judge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was quick to judge. So, so, So my attitude was, you know, why do we have to be always reserve our opinion. So I think that what happened in Ferguson is really uh, uh, the catalyst of the anger of of how them versus us is a reality. The sad part about Ferguson is that, you know, it did not get to the point where 
justice have yet been served yet. We mm-hmm. buried our brother, but that man is not arrested. Right. We had uh, shown some civil disobedience. Our people tore up a few things, burned down a few things. Some was arrested, but there's still no justice. But here we are, brother. We had a man right here in New York. Again, he raised his hands, the universal sign of surrender, and mm-hmm. they choked him to death. Bill Bratton had the nerve to say, not Bill Bratton, but the PBA president of the NYPD union said, if you don't resist, then you don't get killed or hurt or maimed. Well, mm-hmm. what more is raising your hand showing a sign you're not resisting? You know what I'm saying? If That's this right. man, Eric Gardner, would have resisted, I don't think there was enough police officer that took a 300-pound brother down. I don't think right. he would have took him down if he would have resisted. He didn't resist. He had his hands up. Mm. And some cowardly officer choked him out. He kept mm. saying, That's I right. can't breathe. I'm not resisting. We looked at that. We've seen it. We got a videotape of it. So how could that man, that PBA president, say, if you don't resist? Well, hell, he didn't resist. The brother in Missouri didn't resist. It seems like when we don't resist, you kill us. Maybe he should have had resisted. He may have been alive. If Eric Gardner would have resisted, he may have been alive. Because you couldn't have took him down if he resists. The bottom line is, this has been an increase. A police confrontation has not died down since Ferguson. Hell, it seemed to be an increase. We watched the videotape where that police officer beat that woman, man. Oh, my God. And there was an outcry on what Ray Rice did and hitting his wife. While we watched a white police officer... Be the woman, and there ain't no outcry about that. You understand? Where's the group of women that's against domestic abuse when it came to that police officer? Where was the protest? Where was the outcry? But you want to hang Ray Rice, which is, you know, hey. But, you know, let it not be a double standard. Well, a white man can tell her. A white man, a police officer, tells a woman, Get out your car with a mm. gun and make her six-year-old children get out the car with the gun on them with their hand raised. Oh. What kind of, we sorry, we made a mistake. We heard that this car was involved. But how do you erase that kind of trauma? Another case, a woman driving the police, pull up, tell her kids, put your hands on the ceiling so we can see it. She's crying, the children in the back seat crying. How can you erase that kind of trauma? No, man. These police officers, man, is off the hook. And people are tired of it. And one of the reasons why we started the Peacekeepers was I was trying, dear brother, y'all know this, from me being on this radio, on this talk show, I tried to be proactive. My philosophy was try to get ahead of the storm. I seen this dark day coming. I knew there going to come a time 
somebody was going to do something that was going to spark the anger of our people in the community. I wanted to get in place with peacekeepers so when the brothers and sisters would get upset and they want to burn down the city, we would put a circle of peacekeepers around certain businesses and say, look here, young brother, you're not going to burn down the only supermarket we got in the neighborhood. I'm sorry, you're not going to burn down this brother's business. Right. Take that somewhere and then Captain, this is your phone going out. Is it going in and out? It is. How about now? Captain, I think that was Rafika's phone most likely. You're sounding pretty good right now. You're back in here. Okay, okay. Okay. We sounding clear now? You you clear you clear. You got a little bit in the background but um it's not going in and out. So we're clear. I think she may have dropped and she should be coming back on board with that. But you know, brother, you, you, you're so right. The positioning of the um uh you know, of the peacekeeping Everybody still on board? It just got a little quiet there. Okay, I, I, okay. Go ahead, brother. You were talking. You got quiet. Yeah, it just we just all got clipped in. Um, so I don't even know what's going on with the, with the service here. But yes, brother, we need the peacekeepers, and you know, to be a, a proactive uh, group to keep us from having all these domestic terrorists, meaning police officers, doing injustice to our people, and we we're not getting any justice anywhere in America. You know, so I you know that, one of the things you know, that I uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yes. I can hear you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, one of the things I wanted to um, sort of uh, follow up on in our first conversation, you you stated that a crime is a social issue, and police are not social workers. So to have the police trying to stop crime is just not going to happen because they are not social workers. Yes, I would like to just expand on that at Ferguson. We looked at Staten Island and all the other incidences, and we keep fighting to get justice by aggressive protesting and, you know, just marching and demanding. I'm not saying that that's not important. It certainly is important. We need that because without that, a will not ever come. But I think that's an important point that you said. It's a social issue. There's no question. You're absolutely right. And and I quoted from one of our great uh, 21st century's uh, young black scholars, Dr. Umar Johnson. Uh, he, he made that very clear that uh, crime and violence is really a direct result of unmet social needs. And, uh, and, and, if, and, and, and we know that to be true. Lack of jobs, lack of uh, lack of education, lack of single, uh, uh, and lack of fathers in the home, drug, alcohol, but all these are social factors that contribute to people getting involved in crime and committing acts of violence. So, if crime and violence is a direct result of unmet social needs, it is very clear that law enforcement can never stop it because they're not a social workers or social agency. So therefore, 
there for. It's going to take the community itself to address its social problems. Law enforcement is not a proactive uh, response. It is not a proactive agency. It is a reactive agency. We know, we know this for a fact, that nine times out of ten, when the police show up, the crime has already been committed. We know this. But we know that if we don't take the necessary steps as, as citizens in our own community, men, if men don't stand up and man up to our responsibility to protect our women, children, elderly, then we can continue to put our safety and security in the hands of a people who have not the authority nor the know-how how to solve it. They don't know how to solve crime and violence. All they know how to do is to contain it. So they're not in the business of solving it. They're in the business of containing it. So what we have to do, we have to begin to realize this on the 18th of this month at 7 p.m. in Queens, at uh, Resurrection Life Celebration Center, we have a men's only meeting. We're asking all men around the around the city of New York, I don't care what borough you're from, to join us on the 18th at 7 o'clock at 106-06 Guy Brewer. It's 106-06 Guy Brewer. This is this is where we're going to meet as men to discuss what we must do to patrol our own community, what we must do to police our own community. We have to do that. If you're not satisfied with how they treat us, then damn it, let us start treating each other with the kind of respect that will earn us their respect. Mm. They do this in Crown Heights in the Jewish community. That's right. You never hear Never do you hear any such thing as a police officer and kill some Jewish citizen. Never do you hear in Chinatown that the police officer then killed a member of the Chinese community. Never do you hear this even in the Italian neighborhood. Do you hear the police officer then shot and killed some Italian American? Never. Because you can never go into a community that loves itself and abuse that community. We are the only people that we allow people to come in and set up business, take money out of our community that don't look like us, police our community and abuse us, and we don't do nothing to respect and protect our women, children. We are the number one abusers of ourselves. No police officer can be more brutal than we are to one another. There was a videotape of a man in Brooklyn. They were both in a convenience store. They were friends. They were in the rap business. One guy got in an argument who's selling the most CDs. He got mad, pulled out a gun, shot his partner, had a drink mm. in his hand, walked past his partner, pumped two, three more into him, and never put his drink down and walked out. What kind of brutality is that? And there's another mm. video you've seen on YouTube. The man standing in front of the convenience store in Brooklyn. A guy just run up on him and start shooting him in his head. We, we, we see this all day long. The brutal stuff that we do. A young man, just his first day to school, just on the video, was on YouTube. Just first day of school, young brother had his backpack. Some boys run up on him in the same minute, go to the same school, talk about, let's see, can you knock him out? 
Sick little mm. juice and leave me alone. See, and then he run over, bam! He didn't knock him out. The young boy, what are y'all doing this to me for? And then another one run over to him. They trying to knock him out. See who can knock this young brother out. What kind of stuff is that that we would do this to one another? Oh, no, nah, man. How are we going to get mad at them when we brutalize one another this way? So we open up the door for people to insult us. We open up the door for people to disrespect us. And we would march. We would fall in. We would sit in. We would burn a city down when they do it us. But we don't say a mumbling word, a mumbling word mm-hmm. when we do it to one another. That's the hypocrisy I can't stand. That's I can't right. stand that kind of hypocrisy. And it must stop. I don't post no ghetto fights. Anybody that posts a ghetto fight in my news feed, y'all know I'm deleting you. you. I'm unfriending you. I don't want to see that crap. I can't watch black folks brutalize black people. I'm sorry. I don't have that kind of heart to look at us do that. How we stop another one's brains out. Kick them. I can't look at that. The minister, I was with the minister last two Sundays ago as he assembled all of the gangbangers in, 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 in Chicago. The people that was in that room with the minister, some of these young men that were sitting there had probably took some lives or caused some people to lose their lives. But they sit there and listen to the minister. The minister said that Chicago had become the epic center of murder. The minister, 82 years old, sitting with them, sitting with them, trying to tell them and ward off a day that the minister see coming. He's been warning us. He's been warning us. He said, listen, there come a day when they're going to roll in our neighborhood with no mercy. We've seen it in Ferguson. It It was Mm -hmm. a dress rehearsal in Ferguson. They got a chance to bring all the big guns. (laughs) They got a chance to use weapons that they only trained with. They was excited. Police departments wasn't looking at that Ferguson police department like, this is what we got to do this, to, 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 to get a better relationship with the community. We need to start building a relationship. They were looking at, look at the hardware they got. Hey, hey Chief, we're going to get one of them tanks they got right there. Look at that gun they got. Chief, are, are we ordering that gun? Look, look at the body armor they got. Do we have our new? See, they're not looking at it like, how can we stop it? They're looking at, we need to get that kind of quick. They arming themselves. If that brother, who was a black police captain for the state troopers, he was like General Honoree in, 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 in uh, New Orleans during Katrina. They was coming in there, man, these people trying to live. They was growling like rats, and they had the National Guard putting guns on them. Like they, they was the vic, they was the enemy. And this brother come in named General Honoree said, put them damn guns on Stop pointing their guns at these people. And he took away that kind of atmosphere and made them people feel that they had a hero. Well, that's what that captain did of the state police. He told them, man, get all this damn armory man out my neighborhood. Get all this. And the people praised that brother. He tried his best to stop us from acting a fool. But the first thing he did was get rid of all that armory. And then you heard some of them police officers, they ain't nothing but animals. Uh. The women, their wives tweeting on Twitter. They're my, they're animals. This is how people see us, man. And the minister warned us, sister, brother. I heard him say that Sunday, there's a day coming that no man can avert. I've been warning you for over 50-something years that this day was coming. 
your lust to kill your own brother. Your lust to kill your own brother since you love killing your own brother, then God, as the Quran says, he's going to give you a devil for a companion. He's going to give you an enemy for a friend now, one who loves to kill. He's got a history, 6,000 years of killing. See, since you like killing, see, and you're going to see blood flow as high as the horse's bridle. We've been quoting that scripture for years. You don't think one day it's going to come to pass? How long do you think God's going to allow us to continue to brutalize our own selves? So since you love to kill, I'm going to let the wrath of the enemy come after you now. The real mm. killer. Mm. I'm going to cut loose the real killer. Mm. Oh, y'all ain't seen killing. You little pop gun. Shooting yeah. each other with your AK. You little nine. Oh, I'm going to show you what a killer look like. And when he come, he coming armed to the teeth. Mm. Well, brother, you are so right. The my fiery serpent has been released on us. And they're coming in the form of white folk. And we already been on top of ourselves. So it's either change or die. You know, and with that, brother, we have to go to a quick commercial break, give you a chance to uh, catch your breath. And when we come back, brother, we do have some people on the line who want to participate in this conversation. And uh, we'll figure, take us to commercial, and we'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. You're listening to The Keys on Blog Talk Radio. Do you need help making your computer or smartphone work for you? Whether it's managing your email, navigating Windows 8, working with MS Office, creating videos for YouTube, or any other technology needs, our friends and expert trainers are ready to help you get it right. We also provide public relations and web design project management. For more information, contact us at www.repeatscs.com or on Facebook at Repeat Consultants and Services. Move 107, the online one-stop shop for organic skin and hair care products. Music, art, children's books, ladies' tunic tops, men's French cut shirts, and our new line of sparkling rings, earrings, and pendants. www.move107.com. That's www.move107.com. On Facebook, Move 107, fashion and gifts that bring out the best in you. Welcome back to the key with the Austrian Mr. Rafika. Well, I know that this episode is brought by the Fluff Presents Alpha now on sale at www.fluffmolly.com. You always get straight to the point, Nocha. And I, I think it's so critical what you were saying earlier about men protecting the community. And that is the solution to crime. We have to reach out to each other. And we have to solve the problem. There's no exterior force that's going to come in and solve our problem. That's right, sister. That's right. That's right. I totally agree with you. You know, and uh, we have to really understand that this is a great and dreadful day. It can be great because we can use this momentum 
and we can use this negative opportunity to turn our reality around. It's dreadful if we decide to not take heed to the voice of God in our presence in the form of the Honorable Minister Farrakhan. The rejection of the voice of God and the rejection of good and right guidance brings about consequences. And these consequences we live with in the form of a chastisement by the loss of a life of a loved one or the loss of our own lives or the very not being able to rise out of your financial wretched condition. So we have an opportunity here. And we must not blow this moment. And if we do, then every one of our ancestors from Malcolm to Martin and then Mark Beasley, Sojourn and Truth, Eric Tugman, and we can go on and on and on, then Uh they have died in vain. Uh Then they have died in vain. Uh And if we don't rise out of this condition, by our own, the, the minister quoted this the other day. It's in the Holy Quran. It says, Allah never changed the condition of the people until the people change the condition within themselves. Within themselves. you got to want to change in order to change. Every one mm. of us who changed from our old Negro ways to be the Muslims that we are, is that we wanted. We wanted to change. Didn't nobody twist our arm. Didn't nobody force us. I wanted to come out that crazy lifestyle I was in. I seen death looking at me several times. I seen penitentiary in front of me. I seen it. I either had a choice, either go with Muhammad or go with the devil and go to hell. I chose to go with Muhammad, and I thank God I took the daggone red pill and didn't take the blue pill. We all have a choice. We all have a choice. God gives every one of us a choice. Now, what do you do with the choice that God has given us? He never forced us. That's why the scriptures say, ask, and it shall be given. Knock, and the door shall open. Seek, and you shall find. God has always made us make the first step. You know, this old story, and the vampire people know who like vampire movies. The vampire can't come in unless you invite him. That's the way Satan is. You can't have devil in your life unless you invite him in. The Quran says all I did was call you, and you came. I have no power over you, but the power you give me. You hear what I'm saying? This is Satan telling to God. When he starts complaining to God, the devil made me do it. Satan stepped in and said, wait a minute, Lord, can I say something? And Satan says to the sinner, all I did was call you, and you came. And the only power I had over you was the power you gave me. Wow, that's deep. Yes, sir. Satan Satan ain't got no power over us unless we give it to him. Ain't nobody make us drink. Ain't nobody make us smoke. Ain't nobody go out there and make us cheat on our spouse. Don't nobody force us, man, to to live a a life that's contrary to the way of God. We choose that. That's right. And you can't say you don't know better when you had men like Malcolm, 
when you had men like Martin, when you got Elijah Muhammad, the minister, how can you say you don't know? You can go on the daggone internet, man, and type in anything you want, and damn, you can make anything and know how everything is made from the inf- of the of the high uh, of the internet. This is a this is a this is a season of knowledge. That's this right. This is a That's... season of knowledge. Mm. You got what you call listen. You got what you call a smartphone by the person that's operating this dumb. <laughs> you got a smartphone by you the dummy. Yes, brother. The yes. dummy has a smartphone. The small, the phone is smart. The small, the phone is smart, but he's dumb. <laughs> but, but brother Captain, we do have calls on the line. One who wants yeah, to share please. and uh, participate. I like to bring brother on. Did he? Did we leave, lose him? Oh boy! We no, he's here. Him. No, he's he's here. Okay. Yeah, okay. hold on. Me, all right. I'm going to bring him in now. Okay, go ahead. Brother Rudolph, you're on the line. Didn't I just get rid of you, soldier? I know that's right, soldier. <laughs> yes, sir. But, brother, I agree with everything you say. And what I want to interject to the family that's listening is this. The only sure way for evil to prevail is for the good people to do nothing. Now, yes, there's a high level of despair. There's a high level of hopelessness. There's a high level of distress, aggravation, anger, whatever you may want to call it or term it, um, looking at the negative side, but then let's look at the positive side because it's easy to pick out the negative in any situation. It's a little harder to extract the positive, but if you work to extract the positive, it fuels you to want to do more because it gives you a, a, a ray of hope. And that's what our people need. Our people need a ray of hope in this valley of despair that they're in. They need to know that there is a chance for them to get out of this thing that we're going through, and they don't have to be condemned to death and fire and brimstone. Oh, they yeah. need to know that. And really? Um, the, really, everybody is waiting for some miraculous event to happen or trying to put all the weight on the shoulders of one individual or a few individuals when, in fact, it's everybody's responsibility in the community to do what needs to be done. The scripture says that um, the children of Israel carried in the wilderness for 40 years until a whole generation died out. And then he took the children in. Well, look at what's going on with us now because you know, we can say that our children are off the hook. We can say our children are crazy and our children are lost but then the question is, well, who lost them? They didn't hmm. lose their self. They're wayward in the way they are because they have not gotten good guidance and direction by the elders. So unless the elders come back to try and help the children understand, and the elders condemn themselves. So we have to keep on working, doing whatever it is we can do, getting the twos and the fews that are in our general reach and trying to uh, um, redirect their life and give them something to, you know, hold on to 
so that they don't give up on life itself. And if we each did that, if we each just reached one or two, then collectively we could get our people and get our people out of this predicament. But we have to stop waiting for some miraculous event to happen. The sky is going to open up and some bright light and some choir is going to start singing and then there's going to be some miraculous change. Yes, sir. So do what you can do with those who are in your um, circumference, you know, in the way of righteousness. Teach those who are around you the principles of righteousness. And more than just teach it, be an example of it to them so that they can see what righteousness looks like in a man and in a woman. And speak to them, talk to the children, and help to establish a communication or a dialogue to help them through what they're going through. Because if we're adults and we're overwhelmed with the things that are going on in the world, and we're older, imagine how these younger children are feeling. Mm. That, that's all I have to say. Mm. That was a lot. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, brother. Wow. Well, I think his point, uh, Brother Rudolph, your point in that people need a ray of hope um, is, is, is very valid in, in you when you're looking in the eyes of despair. When you looked at those people, those, those uh, children, those women, those people, the teenagers in Ferguson, and you just saw that there was a sense of loss in, in their eyes. You know, they were acting out a knee-jerk reaction to their anger and their pain of seeing one of their own laying in the street. They can't even understand it, wrap their head around it. But a ray of hope. And they're acting, they're responding in the only way that they know how to respond or in the only way that they feel they have a venue to be heard. That's right. That's right. And, and maybe the teaching, they don't have the teaching to act in another way. But they've heard historically how people reacted. But they didn't do the full research because they didn't understand that there was no result from that kind of behavior. Right. And when right. Yonla came you know, and, in... And again, yes, ma'am. And again, you know, we always, we understand that there's always that small percentage of opportunists that are out there, the agitators and those who want to take advantage of an opportunity to, you know, do whatever it is they want to do. So that's always there. We, we understand that. But by and large, for the most part, when you saw that the protesters took a step forward to stop the looting, that showed you right there that the desire and the will to do the right thing and to get the justice that they need, it's there within the people, but it's just buried so deeply in them that it's hard for them to mine it out themselves. So they need someone to come and help them and show them how to bring that out of them. Mm-hmm. Well, Ian, you know, let me, you know, go ahead, James. I was going to say that uh, we're very close to a state of, uh, of desperation and Desperate people do desperate things, and soon we're black people are going to lash out in such a horrific way. And white folks already know this. This is why they're preparing, and and the, uh, the police departments have become militarized across the country. They're preparing for that day, 
you know, where we are just so fed up that we know that we're not going to get any justice and we're going to lash out with every breath and every, um, every ounce of energy and strike a blow against these injustices. And they can see it coming because they are provoking it. This is what they want to see. They want to see the blood um, rise to the horse's bridle. They want to see us lying in the street lifeless. So that is where it's coming to. Now, whether we have the work all to advert that day is another thing. We have to work very hard at getting into the streets and getting into the hearts and minds of our people and give them what the captain says, the guidance that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has given us. And we have to get that love put in them. They have to start loving themselves. Because right now, they're, they're, they're self-haters. And therefore, they can never grow and never unify and never strike a blow to the enemy with progress. So we, 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 we're, we're close to a desperate state as a black family. Well, you know, we got to say this, that God is, you know, is, is, is just as powerful today and delivering the people as he was with Moses. He's the same God that delivered Daniel out the lion's den, the Hebrew boys out the fiery furnace. He has not lost his juice. And we should never think he does not have the power to see a suffering people a people has been suffering in the hands and under the hands of an oppressor and not hear our cry and not send us a warner, not send us aid, a hate, a helper or a savior. But like all people, you either accept the man or you reject it. And we don't see nothing inconsistent in the scriptures that shows that there was never people that didn't reject a warner. Everybody did not accept the people that accept the warner that God sent. Everybody didn't. It's proven in every scripture, in every history, and among every people. We're no different. And God puts that burden of ownership on each and every one of us that our job is to make sure our people know the truth. At least, as you said, Brother Rudolph, have an exit door that if they choose to come out this fiery burning house, that there's an exit for them. To not to know there's a way out is hopelessness. But I do believe that fear have restricted our ability to live. And long as we fear change, we fear the white man, we fear the police, we fear, as long as we fear change, we will always be restricted in our ability to live. And it ain't until we have no fear that we can live life to its fullest. We thank Almighty God that he has removed the fear, for we fear no one but God. And because we walk without no fear, we live life to its fullest. Our people need to try that. It is your fear that keeps us bound by a invisible chain and ball, <laughs> an invisible chain and ball. But nevertheless, I think we have really, you know, just scraped the surface. Are we going to be coming on every week 
to talk about these issues, Sister Lafika and Brother James, but this is a one-time shot. Well, well I think we know, can certainly plan that. It's never a one-time shot with Captain Dennis. This is your home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this to be home. back home. The yes, we did miss been you. waiting to get back. The peace Have they? <laughs> You know, I made a grave mistake. I didn't have my glasses on. I called myself posting the number, and I posted a nine instead of the eight. And, Lord, man, people come by the eye. Then I went to, I just looked at it, and the show was almost over when I said, oh, my wife is mad. She wanted to hear it. But nevertheless, maybe we have to do a repeat next week. When it, how often do we, how often are we going to be able to come and, and not me do all the talking? But let the audience have a chance to ask questions, and let's see what we can do. Because we talk about the 18th, Brother James. I don't know what's your schedule, but you got to be well, with us, know, brother. We can, we can we can make it a weekly thing. You know, um, uh, we need to probably go offline. You know, work with you on some things so that we can get programming. You know, do the programming and bring in you know folks to uh, bring the issues on the table, and we discuss it. You know, like an open forum, and um, Peacekeepers all the way. Let's make it happen. So yeah, we, well, we can make it happen. You know, I'm, listen, man. I'm not into a whole lot of talking. I don't like. I'm not on this to preach. I'm on this to recruit. This yes, can't sir. become a tool to recruit men and women to step up, become peacekeepers. Then I, I mean, I leave the preaching to the preacher. Right. I'm an action Absolutely. man, brother. I'm definitely about boots on the ground, and I've been okay. here in New York for the last month and a half, ain't seen my wife, and I'm still putting this work in, trying to build his brothers to get out here to patrol and protect their community. So on the 18th, man, that's where my mind, did you remember, just the other day, I put a challenge out there, stand up a man up challenge to meet me mm-hmm. on the 125th and, Lin- and, and, and Malcolm X Boulevard. And man, I put that on Facebook and man, a hundred men showed up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, they mm-hmm. came and, and met the challenge that, and they got a peacekeeper shirt. I gave them a shirt, told them, if you come, I'll give you a free shirt. But in order to get the shirt, you have to stand for one hour. And we pushed the picture. We had white uh, tourists who was walking by and went, wow, oh, I love this. Can I stand with you? Can I get a shirt? Can you stand for one hour for peace? We sure can. And it was mm. just so beautiful. So we call it the Stand Up Man Up Challenge. It ain't the yes, ice sir. bucket challenge. I'm saying to all the men, we're going to pick location, and we're going to tell you this is the location to show up. Stand up a man up, and if you don't show up, then make a donation to an organization of your choice if you can't show up. You know what I'm saying? Like the peacekeepers. If you don't yes, show sir. up, just say write a check to the peacekeepers. See, we got to do something. I love a challenge. And ain't nothing wrong mm. with the ice bucket challenge. I think it's a very positive and great challenge. It just has right. kicked off so many other motivating thoughts of what we need to do to challenge causes that can help be funded. They help further the cause of great organizations mm-hmm. like the Peacekeepers. I love my life and man up and other great organizations like the nation. So, hey, we're going to keep putting that challenge out there, dear brother. Well, this is a forum that you can help organize. It's, it's actually a tool, a very good tool. We know that you can reach out to a lot of people from near and far, and um, organize them. So let's work with utilizing this uh, Block Talk Radio, the Keys 107, 
you know, hand in hand with the peacekeepers and bring some peace into our communities. Uh, before we, before we, we're not really wrapping up right now. We do have time. What I wanted to talk about is how somebody could join the peacekeepers. I wanted to get an update on the peacekeepers. I want to know from the time that you first came on our network to today, has your membership increased? Have you opened up any any new chapters? What's going on with the peacekeepers in England? Well, we have a we have one new chapter that we open up. We went down and, and, and got it. We have to go back. It's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We have a chapter in Pittsburgh. And um, our London, England, had just did a, a great day of peace. Uh, just recently uh, did a great march for peace, present for peace march in London, England. We're here uh, in Atlantic City is doing a fantastic job. They were there to get uh, be able to protect the children going back to school. Um, the peacekeepers was present in Wilmington, Delaware. Peacekeepers was present in Springfield, Ohio, to make sure our school, our children got back on the first day of school. Um, we're here in New York and Queens. We're doing a great job. We're in Rikers Island, and we have got over 36 kids in Rikers Island. I've been in Rikers Island every week for, for six, seven weeks now, and mm. we're teaching them CPR and, and first aid. These young men ain't never been given a skill inside a correction facility. So now they are getting certified for CPR and first aid, and they are very excited, and they're peacekeepers. And we're getting a lot of praise from the commissioner of Rikers Island. they even looking for it in, in me doing sensitivity training, possibly with the, uh, secure, with the correction officers, because, you know, there was a 29-page report came out condemning them and their ways of abusing the juveniles in Rikers Island. So there's a lot of great things God is blessing us to do. We're making a lot of headways. We here in Baisley Project, we have declared Baisley Project as ground zero for peace. We are picking certain areas of town where we call it ground zero for peace. And wherever we declare that town or that city or that block to be ground zero for peace, it is that area that peace begin and spread out. So we're uh-huh. trying to establish ground zero for peace. In every city, we have a chapter. We'll pick a neighborhood, and if we say in this neighborhood, we call this ground zero for peace. And from that area, that neighborhood, we branch out, and we just change the norms. In other words, you don't do that over here, brother. This is ground zero for peace. It's peacekeeper territory. We don't smoke. We don't mm. drink. We don't act food. We're peaceful over here, brother. Now go across the street. That ain't we ain't over there. But right here, you can't do that right here. I'm sorry, young man. This is this is a peacekeeper territory. You know, we about the business of respecting the technology, not women, children, the elder. I'm sorry, young man. You know, we don't bring that language over here. This ground zero for peace. We're peacekeepers over here. We're present for peace. So we have to start somewhere in every community. I don't care if it's a block. You have to make it ground zero for peace. We have to start somewhere to do nothing. Is not an option. So we're very excited. We have the Peacekeeper Mobile Patrol. We have flags in our vehicles now. So for the elderly peacekeeper who don't want to walk and be in the face of these young people, they can sit in the car and just drive by and wave. And you see them patrolling the neighborhood on the hour, every hour. We're not trying to be the police. We just want to make sure, as I heard my brother B said, we're not vigilante, but we just want to be vigilant. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. We're taking that vigilant attitude. We're taking that vigilant attitude. 
it is our turn. And we're not wasting a day or a second to take advantage of this opportunity. They wearing me in the bad health, but I don't know nothing to give my life for than the preservation and respect and protection of our women, children, LA. I live for this. I live for this. I was trained for this moment, this hour, this second, and this time. I was born to be with Minister Louis Farrakhan in this great moment. And I'm trying to take advantage of it as much as I can while God has given me some life and breath in this body. If the minister is going hard at 82 years old, i got to make sure I can do it just as much as that man, if not more, in my health and my strength to help him in the resurrection of our people. Hmm. Well, brother, that's a lot. And, you know, um, the word has to get out there more frequently, much louder, to help you in the cause that you're under. And uh, Rafiki and I and the Keys 107 family, we're going to be there lockstep with you to make that happen. So, you know, we're glad that we've had an opportunity to bring you back on board with us, and we did absolutely miss you in your spirit and all that you do for our people. So thank you, brother, for making it happen and coming back on board with us. And I would like Uh, you to, um, Captain Dennis, I would like for you to let the, the listening audience know how they can become a peacekeeper, what is involved in becoming a peacekeeper. You talked a little bit about the training, but I want to talk about the pledge because the pledge is so critical as we, be, as we approach the anniversary of the Million Man March coming up, the Holy Day of Atonement, which is how you got started. So let's, let's talk about the pledge. Well, you know, the pledge is I pledge to love myself and respect myself and my fellow man. I pledge to commit no acts of violence on myself or others. I pledge to respect and protect all women, children, and our elderly. I pledge to be present for peace and to support all black organizations and our community. I pledge to be present for peace, so help me God. That's our pledge, you know, and we believe that we must learn to respect ourselves and our fellow man. We must make our communities and respect our women, our children, our elderly, and to protect them. We must not commit no acts of violence on ourselves or others. We must support our organizations that is in the cause of our people's liberation. And we have to be present for peace. So in order to be a peacekeeper, we ask you to go to our website, www.thepeacekeepers, one word, thepeacekeepers.org. That's www.thepeacekeepers, with the S, dot org. On there, you'll see how you can join. You can find in there the locations of peacekeepers in your city. There's numbers that you can call. There's a 1-800 number on there that you can call. If you want to ask questions, we'll get right back to you. So God has really blessed us to make some real, real monumental changes, and we will hope that every one of you will become a peacekeeper. We're not asking you to join the peacekeepers. We're asking you to become a peacekeeper. Mm. Become a peacekeeper in your home. Become a peacekeeper in your community. Become a peacekeeper on your job. Become a peacekeeper. Don't join it. Become one. Well, well, Captain Dennis, it's an hour of power that you um, ask for the men, and I think an hour is not much to give, and sometimes you can't walk the streets, but there are many ways that you can help support 
the peacekeepers. Uh, we here at the Keys 107 will always give you our airways to bring the people together. We miss the peacekeepers roll call. Your mic is live. Check in. So uh, <laughs> let's 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 talk offline and um, get it going. You have some of your um, your your Starches supporters here listening in. Anthony King is listening in. Hafiz is listening in. They're not. They don't need to talk today. They said they just want to listen and give you support and let you know that they're there. Uh, we just got another caller that jumped on the line. James, you want to check and see uh, who that caller is? <laughs> don't forget the Jr. Strong. And Jr. Strong oh, is on the line. My man's yes. in there. <laughs> he, he's in. The, he's in the room right now. Um, I'm going to go to a quick commercial break, James, while you bring this person in. Hang on. You're listening to The Keys on Blog Talk Radio. Moon 107, the online one-stop shop for organic skin and hair care products. Music, art, children's books, ladies' tunic tops, men's French cut shirts, and our new line of sparkling rings, earrings, and pendants www.moon107.com That's www.moon107.com On Facebook, Moon 107 Fashion and gifts that bring out the best in you Repeaters and tunnels and services technology trainers Do you need help making your computer or smartphone work for you? Whether it's managing your email, navigating Windows 8, working with MS Office, creating videos on YouTube, or any other technology needs, our friendly and expert trainers are ready to help you get it right. We also provide publication and web design project management. For more information, contact us at www.repeatscs.com or on Facebook at Repeat Consultants and Services. Welcome back to the key. Well, I know that before I close out today, I'm going to have to play that Gramps Morgan song for you, Captain Dennis, because I know that you love that song. And again, we uh, have a bunch of people on the line listening in. I thank you all for being here, but you just really have to press that number one on your keypad if you want to talk so that we know to bring you in live. Um we have someone live. Yes, we have someone Peace. live on the line right now. Assalamu alaikum. Well, alaikum salam. How's the family? Man, everybody's we're fine. Good, good. How you? How you doing, doing here, fine. brother? I'm doing. I'm doing fine. This is a uh, problem. Thirteen lines out the cage. Oh man, with such honor, brother, with such honor. You Praise know. be to Allah. It's my honor, brother. It's my honor. You know, I'm just uh, calling in. I wanted to give everybody the greetings and say how much uh, uh, we appreciate uh, Brother Captain Dennis and, and your works, you know, and what you're trying to do for us. You know, uh, I kind of got in late. Uh, Sister Rafika hit me on the inbox, and I'm just not getting the message. So I don't know what really the subject matter, what's been said, but I do know it's concerning violence in the black community. I will say this. The only thing that's going to help us through these times is our submission to God through the understanding of the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad of, of the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan. And because we continue to reject this, because we continue, because we refuse to unplug from the matrix, we will continue to see these things. 
going down. It's not going to stop. It's going to continue, and it's going to get worse. God is now beginning to whoop us. See, nothing happens without the permission of Allah. So as, 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 as horrible a time as this is, as horrible a, uh, and, and as, as bad as these things are that are happening in our community by these police officers and these, these, these white racist vigilantes, you know, it's going to get worse until we do what we're supposed to do in accordance to the will of God. God wants to bring us up and out, but we refuse to listen, we refuse to straighten up our lives. And because we refuse, then now God has to force us. It's like a parent with a child. When you have a yeah. child and you continue to tell this child, you know, stop doing it. Hey, I'm warning you, stop doing it. Tighten up. Tighten up. Well, eventually the parent will become tired and will, will, will lose its patience. See, God is the most beneficent and the most merciful. But even God runs out of patience and runs out of mercy. So now we are in that time. We are in that valley of decision. And until we decide to do right, mm. this is going to continue to happen in our communities. These beasts will continue to come in, and they will continue to kill us like we have been killing each other. Minister Farrakhan asked us, the thugs, he asked us, you like blood? You like blood? Well, now God is going to give you your own blood to drink, and you will be drunk off of your own blood as if you were drinking wine. So mm, now the decision is right. ours. The decision is ours. And you have brothers like Captain Dennis and the peacemakers on the front line. You have the lions out the cage. You have the law team. You have the mighty FOI who have been in the community for over 80 years, pushing the Muhammad speech right. and now pushing the final call. We have been in your presence, and you have not seen us. Well, now God is going to force you to see us. That's all I have That's to say, right. family. And I appreciate Ooh. these moments on the show. And, again, I appreciate you, Brother Captain Dennis. Please keep up the oh. good work, man. We need more soldiers and more captains like you who go, well, go me, beyond the call of duty. Yes, well, Let me say this, brother. Let me say this, dear brother. We thank Allah for you and the lions out the cage. See, that's Praise the beauty about Allah. being a lion, being a lion out the cage, see, I've never mm. seen any animal that comes out of the cage that goes back to the cage. No, no, no. There's, there's one thing about when you release an animal that's been caged, he puts so much distance between him and that cage. So, you know, we <laughs> we, right. we we now cover 3,000 miles by 2,000 miles. I'm not trying to go back up in that cage. And y'all that's are doing right. a great job. And there's nothing more dangerous than a lion out the cage. So, yes, brother, sir. keep doing the great work you do it. Because we're all doing, we ain't doing no more. Don't give Brother Dennis no credit, but the credit that I have been given as a soldier. I'm just living up to the responsibility that I took. When I took that FOI creed, when we say our sole purpose is to deliver. What, What good would I be? You call me a delivery man, but I don't bring the package. Well, that's a man with how could you be a delivery man? Where's your package, brother? <laughs> I, I cannot come to Muhammad calling myself a delivery man, and I ain't got no package. The package oh, is people. I'm in That's the delivery right. business, man. I'm trying to deliver. So when you That's see right. me pull up, I'm not a fed ex-Muslim. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Come on, a, man. I'm not a, look, at, I'm not a fed-up ex-Muslim. So it is a little bit of care. I 
I'm in the businessman of delivering. So when I yeah, go to take, take, take a show up at the minister, I got a package for you, dear father. Look at all these folks that I brought to you in the name of the peacekeeper. Yeah. You know, brother, I believe in what we were taught. I'm just practicing. So to give That's me right. credit for what we've been taught to do, I'm just fulfilling right. my duty. I'm That's just right. Workers, workers will be found working. That's, That's right, brother. Well, well God brother, never wastes the work to, of any worker. I want to bring on a sister whose name is very close to my wife. Her name is Sister Rashika. Sister Rashika, you are live on the line. You are here with Captain Dennis and the Peacekeepers. Hi. How you doing? Hello. I'm fine. And you? I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for asking, ma'am. Don't get afraid, sister, with the family. This is one family. <laughs> Anything that you want to chime in and go ahead and speak or ask a question, go right ahead and do so. I'm just listening right now. Oh, you're just listening? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, where are you from, sister? What, what community are you, are you residing in? Um, right now I'm residing in Burlington, Iowa, but I'm originally from Chicago. Okay, okay. So that means our people are hearing all, us all over the country. Is that right? Okay. Yes. So do you have issues in your community that of, of the nature of what we discussed today with police violence or domestic violence or just uh, frat, frat, uh, you know, side? You know, do you see those things in the community where you live? Oh, well, where I was at, yes, I think them quite often. Um, I lost my husband to gun violence um, this oh. past April. Hmm. Hmm. So well, I've seen it quite frankly. Hmm. Well, sister, we, hmm. we, we, we want to first, we want to first and foremost let you know that this is what we're working very hard to do, is trying to get ahead of the storm so we don't have to lose another one of our family members to senseless violence. And even though our heart is go out to you and your family for the loss of your husband, we have to let that pain turn into conducive energy that you may help us to continue to set up a peacekeeper chapter wherever you may be so that we can Mm -hmm. do all we can to stop gun violence so none of our loved ones died in vain. So, sister, we would like for you to continue to listen in when you can and uh, Mm -hmm. go to our website, let us know where you're at, leave a message, and maybe we would visit your city and help get a chapter so we can start stopping people. You got a story to tell. And because of that, we have a sister out of Macon, Georgia, that helps our family members who had lost loved ones to violence how to heal because you're mm-hmm. still in the healing stage, sister. You're still in the healing stage. And that's what we try to do is trying to help us get through these difficult moments after we lost someone through, through gun violence or any kind of violence. So our heart goes yeah. to you, sister. Thank you. I, I need it. I Need all the the prayer, the the everything. Me and my daughter, we really need it because right after I lost my husband in April, my father he passed in June, and I just packed up and I just moved, and that's why I'm here because I was so angry 
I'm still angry because I think it's just nonsense and it's it has to stop, but no one is everybody has these ideas and opinions, but no one is willing to stand up to do anything and I just I couldn't take it no more, so I took my daughter and I just left. Wow, sister. Well, you know, whatever we can do, you got a family here. But remember, sister, you know, you have to always ask the question. And it's not wrong with asking the question. You know, mm-hmm. why? Why did Ms. it happen? Ms. Chappelle, did I pronounce ask- your name right? We have Brother Moray Yashua Ben, who is one of the keys uh, family members on a little sabbatical right now. But he's in our chat room. He sends you to Dennis Reedens as well. Call in. And this, this always happens, Brother James and Captain Dennis. This is we're getting ready to wrap up the phones. Get really, really hot to our Peacekeeper roll call today. Uh, Paul, go ahead. Yeah, somebody's uh, got a lot of background in. Mr. Tell, go ahead. The mic is live. Who do you have on? Ms. Chappelle? Yeah, this is Ms. Chappelle. Yes, ma'am. Your mic is live. Um, I'm I'm calling from St. Louis, Missouri, and I just wanted to wanted to let you all know that, um, that I am listening. Well, welcome. Welcome to the East 107. Thank you. Welcome, ma'am. Welcome, welcome, peacekeeper. And yes, you know, Captain Dennis, this reminds me to tell or to let Chica and Miss 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 Chappelle Louise know. Saint Louise know. Miss Chappelle, what is your correct name? My correct name is Althea Chappelle. Chappelle. Okay. There yes, are there is a a woman's vision of. The peacekeepers are not men. Captain Dunn, you want to speak on that? Say, say that again. I'm I said sorry. The peacekeepers are not only men. There is a woman's division. Everywhere we have women that peacekeepers in, a, in, in, in them chapters, there's nothing but growth and development, you know? And, and we have a strong peacekeeper chapter where women are strong in making Georgia Atlantic City. Uh, Wilmington, uh, Brooklyn, Queens. So no, we're not limited. But Miss Chappelle, she's a peacekeeper. We've been trying to get down to St. Louis a chapter for the longest. But we're going to get there one day, God willing. I look forward to it all. Uh, I'm clearly here on the ground with my boots, and I'm going, and I'm going to continue, and I'm not going to give up. That's what I'm talking about. How's everything in Ferguson? What's it's still hot there? Uh, yeah, it got a little hot today because they were requesting um, for the officer to be arrested, and uh, the protest kind of it was going great, but then it kind of went went kind of sour. But um, I haven't uh, gotten any more information as of earlier because I left as soon as I, I realized it was probably going to be not good. Wow, wow. Well, keep us posted on the things that happened. Uh, we we know that that fire ain't going out. That fire ain't going out. No, it's out. not. That fire is well lit. Mm. 
Brother Cap, we, we have another call on the line from the West Coast. Our brother, Brother Andrew, are you, uh, are you on the line with us? Can you uh, hear yes, from I, Andrew? I, I am here. Thank you very much. Rafika uh, asked me to come in, so I'm calling in, and I'm happy to contribute any way I can. Yes, sir. Uh, as far as violence is concerned, uh, oh, by the yeah. way, we there's a lot of background noise. Maybe if someone could put their phones on star six, the feedback won't happen. <laughs> but, yeah, here in Los Angeles, uh, we have had rock, rocking uh, news throughout our community. We're facing some of the same challenges as we're seeing around the country and the world. Um, but our, our take on that is that we have to uh, fight with peace and not for it by first making sure our families are secure and that Captain Dennis has always said that we have to make sure we have emergency management and planning all in our homes to, so that we'll know how to deal with these challenges in the streets. So uh, that's pretty much my contribution at this point. Well, I think, uh, Andrew, this is time for you to talk, and you could share a little bit globally, nationally and globally. Well, yes, I think that was directed to me, Rafika. Uh, as you may know, um, <clears throat> it was actually in Bermuda in uh, 2009 that uh, I actually got involved with um, the violence that we're dealing with in our communities there. It's a very small place. Uh, but from that time to now, uh, at least in 2010, 2011, Bermuda, the small country of Bermuda, had the highest incident of gun violence and the killing of black men in the Western Hemisphere. It's kind of hard to believe it's a very small place. So that made it even more devastating to the community there. So from that time to this time, what we found is that um, through our outreach around the world, we're having the same problems. A lot of them are caused not necessarily um, by events that are happening right now, but events that have led up to right now. And so empowering the people in the community to themselves to uh, you know, become unified again from a family standpoint and a community standpoint has been the most important um, solution that we could find. Uh, again, what we are facing Rafika is that our entire community is in a, in a disaster and crisis. So that puts a lot of stress on our communities, our families. And it's only, you know, when we acknowledge that and then make plans. Um, we do have someone, exact, in fact, that was born in Ferguson, that was there, and that was spoke to us on almost a daily basis for the first few days of the crisis there. And as we now know, there was a lack of empowerment there. Uh, the people uh, in the black communities were disengaged, and that is a, a problem throughout the country, of course. Um, but I think, it's, again, it's important to realize that a lot of the psychological stresses that we're dealing with come from not having um, a link, uh, a global link, uh, to uh, people that, you know, are you know supporting us, understanding us. But we saw uh, tweets, we saw from people that were having problems in Gaza, they were having problems in the Congo, around the world that were paying attention to, to what's happening here in the United States. So globally, um, it's critically important that we reconnect, you know, ourselves as people and are now scattered instead, uh, you know, to a large group, a large group throughout the world that's really our family. And they're facing problems there that we can help with and take a lot of stress off them and us. But, you know, it has to start with, again, unity in the family and then unity in the community, locally and globally. 
Well, brother, you listen. We thank you so much, and be sure to give our West Coast family our love. And, I mean, Minister Tony is getting ready to do a great job and hoping to bring about 100,000 bikers to converge on Chicago next year in Orange. So, you know, we got peace everywhere. And y'all keep doing a great job on the West Coast. Thank you, Brother Andrew. Love you, brother. You're very welcome, Captain Dennis. Thank you. Um, Captain Dennis, I think we're going to have to come to a close at this point. Um, it's, it's, it's never No, it's never no, easy. we're not quitting. We're not quitting. <laughs> I'm sorry. We rebelling. <laughs> well, Captain, all good it's things never come easy. to an end. It's never, never easy. <laughs> It's never easy. Listen, you like like we said earlier, the, the Keys One O Seven Network you know, is your home. The peacekeepers have a home here and however we can help, we are here for you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. We love you much. Thank you. And I'm looking for all my peacekeeper family to join me the next time on Keys one oh seven. I really thank you. May God bless you all. My name is Captain Dennis and I am present for peace. You're listening to The Keys on Blog Talk Radio. Well, this is um, Rafika, and on behalf of Brother James, co-host and engineer, I'd like to say goodnight and thank you to all the people who listen. And I'm looking forward to our Next again, tell the black community and uh, Captain Dennis the song is for tonight.
you. Honey, I couldn't live without you. 